You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Man, we're recording this from New York. Almost got decent sound quality from at least like a third of this podcast. It's astonishing. I am Spencer Hall, editor and founder of Every Day Should Be Saturday. We can't have too much quality on the podcast. That's why we bring Jason Kirk on, not because he's not quality, but because he inevitably records from, this time, an animal shelter. I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with this dog. <laughs> I, Kennesaw, Georgia. City motto, I don't know what's wrong with this dog. Man, that goes through this whole this entire metro area. This, we got, do- we got- this dog is not happy about Georgia's slow recruiting start. That's what's up. <laughs> Did you see our, our, our metro's uh, newest good dog, Codeine no. McKinley? Oh, yeah, I did. Our yeah, number one pick, who I think all of Atlanta would would go to go to war for right now, uh, to Karis McKinley from UCLA. His dog is named Codeine. Dog's named Codeine. Remember, to Karis McKinley, who, despite being from Southern California, manifests every bit of Georgianess. And by this, I mean, did he pay tribute to his grandma? Oh yeah, yeah, he paid tribute to his grandma at the draft. He held up a picture of her, and I don't mean. A photograph. No, I mean a portrait that he held aloft. There is no question. He took this off the wall of a hallway. Like this is like this this is this this was in a house. Well and, and, and it's now by his side. And he will fight you over it, and so will I. And it looks fairly large in his hands. And he's a he's a defensive end, so God only knows how big it actually is. Like I picture it's something from Versailles. The kind of thing where you're like, oh, this is this is to fill a whole wall, literally a whole wall. Like, you know, those sweatshirts that people wear where it's like defend Brooklyn, defend Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's got like a gun on it or whatever. I think if you made a shirt that's like defend Tack McKinley right now, it would it would sell out in Atlanta. <laughs> Easily. No, we could. In fact, that defend might actually, Cody and McKinley. Yeah. With a picture of the dog. Yeah. By the way, I think that's a French pit, a French bulldog. Right. It looks like it, yeah. Yeah, which the French Bulldog's nice. When we can develop the French Pit Bull, Atlanta will have its ultimate dog, the French <laughs> Pit Bull. Savage and, and loyal enough to defend the home, small enough to take in your car. Perfect. I think, I think the, ultimate, the ultimate dog for around here would be the English Pit Bull. So that way it, like, dies a lot. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Go dog. I, I thought I'd be the one to make that joke. Thank you. Huh? Hi, oh. hey, hey, that's that. Those are the dulcet tones of Ryan Nanny, who uh, joining us from the booth. You're in the booth in the offices at Vox Media, correct? It's more of a room, but yeah. 
Yeah, you got oh. a room now. Yeah, it's got it's got f- six chairs in it, and I'm in here by myself. So it's uh, this is it's basically exactly like the setup in Frasier, in that I don't know what I'm talking about, and I have bad hair. Uh, and also, Seattle's favorite, huge, mm-hmm. just massive in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just crush, all, crushing it. All five of our listeners. I enjoy that when you run a college football multimedia empire, as we do, that you're never really sure what people in the Pacific Northwest are about. Because some of them really do like football. And then others, I go, how do you fill your days? Is it with things like Hikibana, the traditional Japanese art of arranging flowers? Is it with diligent hard work and spending time with your family free whatever, free verse whatever free verse poetry free verse poetry skateboarding masonry, masonry? Mm-hmm. there's some masonry going build, on bu- oh wait i'm sorry building skateboards but not skateboarding weed skateboards weed. <laughs> skateboards mm-hmm. made of weed yeah okay hemp kite. skateboards mm-hmm. kite surfing weed kites weed kites yeah weed hunting <laughs> Which seems, you sh- do you shoot weed at animals or are you shooting weed? Well, you you capture an animal and then you smoke it out. I or brought you sh- down. Do you shoot I, weed at weed? I, I brought down this ounce myself last week, <laughs> just outside a bend. Mounted on the wall. It's pretty good. I was gonna put it up on the wall, but instead I consumed it by smoking it. What are we? What are? I'm sorry. What is this podcast? Yeah, we talk uh, about. We're here to talk football. about Kroger. <laughs> We are here to talk about Kroger, actually, because the University of Kentucky, they sold the naming rights to their stadium. Commonwealth Stadium, by the way, not not exactly the greatest tradition in college football. It's only been open since 1973. So it's not like they renamed Notre Dame Stadium. It's not like I mean, they changed Ohio. A lot Ohio. of really good Alabama teams have come through there. So, Yeah, that's, that's true. It is a tradition and a... It's a it's a house of dreams, really. Very bad dreams that Kentucky's been having for the better part of its football program. Except for the bear. Remember, the only way Kentucky could be good is if they got the bear involved. Had to get some Bama in there. But they're renaming it Kroger Stadium, which that is what we asked you, the listener, to submit this week. Your defensible and perhaps indefensible grocery store takes. People get very passionate about grocery stores. So is this the second grocery store stadium? Because Boise State has Albertson Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Is there? Am I forgetting another grocery store stadium? Uh, T Boone Pickens Stadium. Right. <laughs> if you're in Oklahoma, you got to swing through Pickens and get you a can of oil. I'm scrolling through to figure out if there are other, like Davis Wade should absolutely be the name of a southern grocery store. The fact that it's not is a travesty. Um, yeah. I do not think there are any others at. I think you could. I think if you really tried, I think you could grocery shop at Hard Rock. I think uh, War Memorial. That's got to be a. You think so? Arkansas, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Now, there is a Publix field. Oh wait, Kibby. Kibby should absolutely be a grocery store. (laughs) Wait, where's what's Publix Field? Publix Field is the Detroit Tigers spring training stadium. Uh, in yeah. Lakeland, Florida, I believe. That doesn't do so, anything. oh wait, you, we forgot one. Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Who needs grocery, grocery stores? Yeah, <laughs> Papa John's. If you they can got put salad. all the, you can put all the groceries <laughs> into one dish. Yeah. You want you want some beverages? They got Mountain Dew. Uh, that they got and, napkins. Yeah. <laughs> you can eat them. They got garlic <laughs> butter napkins. Most of the time, most of the time when they do this, when a stadium sells this, they do the blank field at blank stadium. Sure. Right. This is not that. No, 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 no. Like Kroger got it all. They just took the whole dang thing. So it's no longer Commonwealth Stadium. It's Kroger Field at Kentucky football. We're going to discuss the propriety of that. But we do have something to discuss first, which is bordering on actual football news and by that we mean salary news because you want to know priorities in alabama priorities in alabama are this all three heads of state uh, have been indicted and their football coach just got a massive new raise that's the state 
Congratulations. Mm. What do you want to know about Alabama? Boom. There you go. Yeah, that's it. He, um, it's been termed by uh, local reporters as a, uh, let's see, let me find that tweet. Uh, Aaron Suttles, Nick Saban got a contract signing, in, signing, signing incentive. He got another $4 million for signing the three-year extension. So on top of the $7 million a year deal, he got an extension, and they paid him to sign that extension. So he's going to be making, like, $11 million? $11 million this year, this yeah. Year? Which is more than any other coach in any sport in America. Only, like, one or two EPL coaches top him. Yeah. I think I, I think Greg Popovich is who he just passed as the highest paid coach of an Ameri- of an American sport, right? Yeah. Cool. Yep. And uh yeah. Can't pay players. When so. did this I, I asked this in our Slack room, but like I feel like there used to be a point where one of the big questions about a coach going to the NFL was oh, you can make a lot more money as a pro coach like there was this there was sort of a ceiling to how much you could pay a college football coach and then it was like well yeah if you want to make seven million dollars a year you got to go get an nfl deal but that's not true anymore that's not even close to true like between harbaugh and saban and maybe urban meyer all of those guys are already making nfl money right basically oh, yeah oh, yeah I mean, yeah your, your ceiling in the nfl tops out right now at about what eight Seven I think or eight. I think, seven I think yeah, I eight. think Belichick's at like seven and a half or something. And and Sean Payton is close behind, despite his many scandals and mistakes and uh, and blunders throughout the years and his, hey, his terrible record over the last. Just like Kentucky football, if you win anything at all, as the New Orleans Saints head coach, you can stay on a long time. And if you win a Super Bowl, basically an elected official, an unelected elected official, you'll never. You're just appointed. You're, you're like a Supreme Court justice, but for football. <laughs> oh, man. That didn't imply to anyone in Louisiana knows what a court is. Well, they mm. do. They do just the hard way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> just, am I? A, are you a judge? And I'm the plaintiff. <laughs> Crazy. I'll be representing myself. Thank you. Napoleon, Napoleonic code's a nutty thing, man. <laughs> Your sword? Here we are, and the trial will begin. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait. Y'all ain't done this before? I, in doing this, you go, oh, you got a $4 million signing bonus. That's the part, like, I salaries, I don't know. Salary's going to go up. University of Michigan is a prestigious institution. Just ask anyone who went there, and they'll tell you that. And they pay their coach more than any other coach in college football. I would continue to point that out, by the way. Should you have your moment of, <laughs> that's some typical SEC-ness. Okay, that's cool. Have fun shoveling your driveway, one. And two, uh, Jim Harbaugh still makes more than Nick Saban. Yeah, like, hey, hey, Michigan fan, with your, with your, with your nose and, and some book you're not actually reading and all that shit, listen, listen. You pay your coach via, like, like barely on the books insurance stuff. So shut the fuck up. Like, not only do you pay him millions of dollars a year, there's also that weird life insurance thing going on. Like you're, like you're fucking Central Florida or something. I think, our, I don't know if we've gotten there yet, but there has to be one group of five conference where all of the coaches make less than Jim Harbaugh. Right? Oh, yeah. I think it's the MAC. The MAC? I think it, the MAC and the Sun Belt, I believe. Let's like, see. the whole gonna, conferences make less all than. Right. So, so based on USA Today's latest, um, your number, your number is nine mil. Nine mil nine is the number mil. you got to get. The highest paid Mac coach, just by an Apple F, is Mike McIntyre. So that's probably a bad sign. Um, PJ Flex making eight hundred twenty thousand a year. Let's see, we've got or was Tali- um, Yes, that's so, so. Yeah, so this is as of last year. Yeah, um, new guy ain't making eight twenty. That's doubt. true. Yes, um, and no Minnesota. You're not in the Mac. Although that might be an improvement for you. Uh, let's they, find they, out. Do, they dominate. The they would dominate. They'd be like think, second think about third. it. So let's see. It. Doing some quick math here. We're up to 1.5. Add another 625 for Rod Carey. And that's, uh, let's call it 2.2. Frank Solich, man. Only making 572. So we're at 2.8. Mm, 545 for John Bonamigo. Let's call it 3.3. I think, I think we'll get there. Because then you've got, let's see, four, five, six, seven coaches making about 450. 
Uh, yeah. All right. Nope. The MAC officially pays its coaches as a whole less than Jim Harbaugh. As they should, man. Or my math is bad, and I don't care. Yep. As they should. There's no because because let me tell you that's if you if you're good in the MAC, you're you're going to get a paycheck somewhere else. Cradle it's a cradle of coaches. Dang it. And they they won't let you forget that. Nor should they, man. I don't know. They do they do real well with with not a whole lot. I think if you consolidate the Sun Belt's coaches. Then, then even then, it's just a number of members thing. Right. You're going to get there, right? Right. Hus- Husband makes 1.1 mil. Blake Anderson at Arkansas State. Arkansas State, by the way, a little flossier than you might think. Because look who they've hired. Look what they do. And look how much they pay people. You're living in Jones, Boogie, and, and you're making 700 k You own Jonesboro. Take, take whatever you want, Blake Anderson. Is that the... You- well, no, I'm sorry. The highest group of five coach as of last year do either of you know who it was who uh it was on course to be tom herman it was not tom herman it was this year it would have or or, or, yeah sorry it was tom herman i'm sorry i skipped him oh that's way i liked my original answer better right below tom herman uh was it tubs it was tubs (laughs) 2.2 He's got, hey, bro, he's got a campaign to fund, so. 2.2. It's true. Tommy, Tom, Tommy Tuberville got paid more money last year than Mike McIntyre did. Jesus. Hey, <laughs> still, st- by the way, still dig- still digging out of that pyramid scheme, so that 2.2 mil, it might already be. I don't, here's, here's what I don't understand. If you are, if you're hiring a college football coach, you know that these guys are insanely competitive, right? So why wouldn't you just do like one of those shitty NFL contracts where you're just like, listen, your base salary is seventy five thousand dollars, but incentives, baby, you go undefeated, we're giving you two million dollars. You're you- talking the Ricky Williams Master P contract. Yes, a hundred percent, which was a terrible contract, but I feel like this is the one place where you could really use this against use the coach's insane competition against them. I don't know. I don't think that's how football coaches think. I agree that they're competitive. However, they're also paranoid and convinced they're going to lose at any point, right? Remember, Urban Meyer coaching his first game before the game, I like looked at his wife and sincerely pleading with his eyes asked, what happens if we don't score a point? <laughs> well, I think we that's, know the answer to that. All right, well, you've, you've uncovered the other problem here. Is we, that, we, is we, that we know what happens the, when Ohio State doesn't score a point. Listen. The coach that the coach that signs this terrible contract has to go back to his wife and say, "Hey, guess what I did?" And she has to say, "Nope, no, you did not. I got to feed these children. What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, you get on you get on out there, because you can. Yeah, go ahead, have your crisis of conscience. Once you have kids, yeah, you get no sympathy, none. I don't know if I'm good at this job, honey. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah, <laughs> how about you fix it? <laughs> I'm going to find somebody to pay these bills. <laughs> Do you want to be it? Go to work. If not, I'm holding auditions. <laughs> Houston, that pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, hey! I'll, I'll marry Scott Frost. Don't make me do it. I think I won't. You looking for a provider? I can provide. I want a hep around the house. <laughs> Love me like he did at the UConn interview. Just I, I, I love the talent here in this uh, neighborhood. I love the the their school. There's a school, right? I love it. I love that place. He'd still do that, wouldn't he? Just show up for for a marriage. Yeah, no, I mean he'd do that for a job, but certainly like you know, marriage. Hey, if you don't think marriage is a job, <laughs> you're not you're not approaching it the right way. Oh yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's every like middle-aged white man in the South trying to tell you like marriage is the hardest work you'll ever do. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, your life is just easy. Shut up. <laughs> if, if, if being married is the hardest thing you got going on, you need some real problems. You're like, um, listen, is being married to your spouse the hardest thing? <laughs> what I'm kind of wondering, or, or is it being married to you? Being married to you, yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, kind of it's, it's so hard. It's true, yeah. It um, takes I mean, daily labor. <laughs> just, just, just try not to burn the house down, and then you're halfway there. When you come, when you come back from playing 18 or 36, <laughs> and you're and you're sunburnt right on the neck. Oh, 
<laughs> and you go, you walk in, you you got to be ready, you got to be loving, because your wife, she might not have found a couple of things at the grocery store. That's right. She right? might she might not have gotten the muriatic acid for the pool. Now the pool's mildewy. That's adversity, and you got to coach through it. Yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, grocery stores. <laughs> grocery, grocery stores. stores. Totally, 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 what we're talking about here. But um, by the way, don't we we don't mean to be sexist. We were going with a the stereotype, which would be the guy who barely works and the wife who doesn't, in a stereotypical portrayal of a particular upper middle class southerner. Yeah, all we're getting out here is that all men are lazy and stupid. Correct. Yeah. Not to be sexist, Inc- but all men are lazy and stupid. Yeah. Including yeah, the ones on this podcast. Start yes. it's the, the line starts right here. <laughs> you just hold up a mirror and guess what? You know, it's talking back to us. I'm not only the president, I'm a client. <laughs> the, the idiot club for men. <laughs> um, so we, we got some grocery store takes, um, which is which is harder than general anger takes because it requires us to have knowledge of grocery stores in places we have not been nor will likely go. But when has lack of knowledge or experience ever stopped us on this show? No. Forward to no, we're good. Well, I think so. The ones that people have the strongest takes about, I mean, I feel I feel familiar with. You got Wegmans, Publix, Kroger, the H E B Hub. I don't know how to say it, but I've been to it. The Texas C one, and then nobody really cares out west. H E B. That's but but like the 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 West Coast. There's not like a grocery store they really really care about. Well, I I wanna Mm? I wanna slightly disagree with that. Well, they don't follow us on Twitter then. Hold on. We got it's 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 originally on the West Coast, but it's since spread out and we got a I'm going to lead off with this. This is from our sister site, Red Cup Rebellion. Um, let me find it here. <clears throat> Trader Joe's is for assholes. Oh, OK. See, I think of that as more of just a national thing. Well, I mean, Trader yeah. Joe's started out as like a super California. I remember my parents are from California and I remember they would talk about two buck chalk and Trader Joe's and this. They made it sound like this just wonderful grocery store that you you couldn't get anywhere else and was California's special little thing. And now it is all over the place. But I, I want both of you, your reactions is Trader Joe's for assholes. Um, It can be. I will tell you this because the parking lot situation at the first one in Atlanta creates assholes. Like, it's very much a state of nature situation. Mm-hmm. If you weren't one walking in, you might be one walking out, and you're definitely going to meet one on the way. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that that can happen. I, I don't think Trader Joe's is for assholes. I would say this about the West Coast, though, and grocery stores. I think they have the complex where everything is so good that they don't have to care. Right, they're like, I don't know, just go to one. It's cool. They're all fine. Yeah. They all yeah. have magnificent shit that's really well made because our quality of life is higher in the East Coast is trash. Whatever, go go do what you can. There is another thing about liquor uh, about stores, grocery stores. <laughs> they sell liquor <laughs> on the West Coast. Yeah, right. Which um, they do not do here. And I will say this, like most policies that make absolutely no sense and yet are considered to be wise for no reason, um, once you see it, you can't really undo it, right? Like once you buy liquor at a grocery store, you're like, uh, every place that isn't like this is stupid. It is jarring at first, though. The first time you go to a grocery store that has hard hard alcohol in it, you're like, hey, y'all got tequila next to the greeting cards. Did you know that? I hey, feel... some, some, some kid came in here and, and left whiskey. What a funny prank. <laughs> a lot of it. And he labeled it. Yeah, it's like you can actually just walk out of here with it. And they're like, yeah, that's it. This is actually from uh, Jim at J. Cecil. There's grocery stores that sell liquor or beer greater than ones that don't. Well, yes, I'm from Wisconsin. Why do you ask? Are there grocery stores that don't sell beer? Is that a thing? Yeah, well, yeah, right. I mean, in a dry county, right? Oh, God. Yeah, Ugh. I think Pennsylvania has some weirdness about this. But in Pennsylvania, you can buy beer to go at a bar. There is that. For a long time, you couldn't. Tennessee had some particularly churchy and, and very dumb laws about selling liquor. For a long time, you couldn't get wine at the grocery store or beer in Atlanta on Sunday, which was insanity because this town needs it. Needs it bad. 
But yeah, Wisconsin. If you if you haven't been to a grocery store in Wisconsin, uh, I would advise you at least give it a shot because oh oh my God. Have you been? Have either of you been to a Wisconsin grocery store? No, no. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay this out for you. I don't even I, in my limited time in Wisconsin. I'm not even sure I saw a grocery store. Okay, they do have more bars than grocery they stores. They have they have bars and they have um oh fuck what's the 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 Culvers? They have bars and Culvers. Okay, so listen, it, we we were at Hayward's, Hayward, Wisconsin, where they have the lumberjack games couple of years ago Hayward Wisconsin there's a big beautiful grocery store all right and it looks totally normal and then next to it bolted on an entire warehouse and I mean with the warehouse Costco IKEA style metal shelves that are three decked right mm-hmm. all the way up with liquor and beer there was an entire section that was just just sherry just (laughs) and and like in this just brandy just sherry and and brandy in case the ghost of orson wells ever comes in and wants to shop (laughs) the ghost of orson wells does mad business in hayward wisconsin (laughs) just walking in like hello i need sherry i mean he had kind of a wisconsin shape to him (laughs) uh gentlemen I did not mean to spoil your fun, but do you know where Orson Welles is from? Oh, come on. Yeah. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Wow. We can spot a Wisconsin man from uh, year, from decades away. Decades away. It's immense. It's huge. And it's just like added on to the store. In fact, oh, I, I thought swear, you were talking about Orson Welles. Yes, he's huge and he's bolted onto the side of every marketplace in Wisconsin. Sitting there going, and he sells and he sells liquor. My close friend Peter Buck. Orson Welles is just, just slanging booze. Just slanging booze, man. You think he's dead? Yeah, he is. Still slanging booze though. Dead ain't never stopped drinking in Wisconsin. But yeah, it's it's amazing. And once you do, once you see that, like once you get that, you're just like it's like when you see legal weed in Colorado. You're just like every other place is garbage. This is dumb. Every every law that you passed about this is stupid. This is fine. That probably fucks with people's grocery budgets, though, who move to those places. They're like, fuck, how- I'm spending $200 a week at the grocery store. How is this possible? <laughs> like, imagine being a super couponer person who's used to, they pay me $7 for my five carts of groceries. And then you move there and shit. Shit, <laughs> I have, $1, I have no time. money in cirrhosis. Yeah, <laughs> let, me give you, let me give you one last story, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is a true story. It's from the Journal Sentinel. Associated Press, October 17th, 2009. Note, this is football season. Grocery shoppers in Hayward got an unexpected surprise when a 125-pound black bear wandered inside and headed straight for the beer cooler. (laughs) The bear made a stop Thursday night at Marketplace Foods in Hayward, same store I'm talking about, by the way, walking through the automatic doors and heading straight for the liquor department. The bear calmly climbed up 12 feet onto a shelf in the beer cooler, where it sat for about an hour while employees helped evacuate customers and summon wildlife officials. Officials from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources tranquilized the bear, took it out of the store. Store workers say the bear seemed content in the cooler and didn't consume any alcohol. Okay, if that bear had been wearing loose-fit jeans and a brewer's hoodie, nobody would have said, nobody would have even noticed. They another couple, just, oh, another, hey, it's, it's Jerry. Another couple of hours. I'm thinking, I don't know, I, I thought it was Jerry. <laughs> I think after- Jerry's sleepy. I like that the 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 part that really needs detailed is like this is actually a straight edge bear. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the part that that's the part that really like shocks They're like, listen, right? I, I, I've seen some shit in my time, but he didn't even touch the booze. That's the part that you know they're like, oh Jesus! If you're in there, you might as well have a beer. <laughs> it's God. just rude. I'm gonna have to. I can't get any beer right now. I'm gonna have to go over to the Orson Welles store. And I'm gonna have to get some some brandy. I needed brandy anyway. <laughs> like you go to literally any store. And I gotta go to the florist now to get my beer at, at the post office. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying liquor in Wisconsin is like slot machines in Las Vegas. Yeah. Cool. It's just it's just everywhere, man. 
Oh, my chiropractor was out of 99 bananas. Can you believe it? <laughs> if we're in Wisconsin, frankly, no. no. <laughs> irresponsible. No. It's completely irresponsible. Like, I was reading. Uh, P- uh, I'm excited uh, already for people to be like, your accents are fucking terrible. We don't, again. The yeah, whole show is bad. The whole show is bad. That's the finish. one thing anyone ever complains about. <laughs> yeah. We've done, and we've discussed this before, but I feel like it requires further attention because it's a pressing point. You talk about grocery stores for assholes. Whole Foods, which I think Whole Foods is kind of for assholes. Why? I want to, I want that, that is a widely held belief, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I do want to get into why that's true. Okay. It, because uh, you really will spend 80 bucks for eight things. Correct. And if you are the kind of person who consistently does that, I'm going to call you an asshole for two reasons. Okay. One, uh, you just don't recognize value. You don't have to shop at Whole Foods. You mm-hmm. really don't. You just don't. Okay. It's, it's not necessary. There's, there's tons of other stuff. That you can get at other stores, it's fine. It has the same label. You can pay way less. At, at some point, you're just making me mad, so I'll call you an asshole for that too. Um, you're an asshole because you're the kind of person who, when you go to Whole Foods, you, you don't realize this, or you eat at the hot bar and you do it wrong. This tweet is from Mark the Nomad. He of the Jim Harbaugh tattoo from Saved by the Bell, internet legend. There's an art form to getting fantastically stuffed at the Whole Foods hot bar without spending $20 and only true pros know its secrets. I don't think this should be a secret. I think everybody should know how to absolutely screw Whole Foods out of money <laughs> if you end up eating at the hot bar. I oppose them and their entire approach to life. I, I, so I'm going to teach you how to bankrupt them by making out like a bandit at the hot bar. Are you still giving them money? Yes. Are they going to break even or lose money on you? Absolutely. I guarantee it. You ready? Yeah. Protein. You got to get protein. Sold by weight. So if you're an idiot who walks up and you get like, oh, oatmeal. No. Oh, corn. Water weight. Eliminate all water weight. Okay. If it's a water-based food, don't do it. It's good for your diet. Sure. But, you know, practice your volumetrics somewhere else. If you're going to do it, go get veggies. That's fine. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, the, the Whole Foods hot, hot Bar, Whole Foods is assuming that you've read a David Polian book, and you're like, well, mostly vegetables and a little bit of meat. And Spencer is out here saying, nope, beef, no, or, man. get a box of beef. I need you to, I need you to approach this like your Ootsie. This is your last meal, right? Ootsie, the caveman, found with like three pounds of goat as his last meal in his stomach, <laughs> thus confounding every nutritionist on the planet who was like, Oh, you know, cavemen, they ate moderately and had, like, a great diet. No, dude had, like, three pounds of goat in his gut. I mean, that may be how he died. That's, fine. Fine. Don't give me this stuff about that they were practical. They had good instincts. They didn't. They ate everything they could when they could. And that's exactly how you should be at the Whole Foods bar, okay? Eggs. If I see, if I see you touching that oatmeal, god damn it. It's a rookie mistake. Don't do it. Well, I know this because I used to go there with my wife. She was a brilliant person in every other respect, but she would go to Whole Foods and she would stock up on the absolute heaviest. Like if they had like a breakfast porridge with buckshot in it, she'd just put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, buckshot's not cheap. No, yeah, buckshot's uh, not no. cheap and it's heavy. Whole Foods got to make that back. That's how they did it. I, 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 all right. I want to take issue with your larger Whole Foods point. I think it's fine to shop at Whole Foods if you are shopping literally for yourself. Just by your, just like you're one person because, like the volume, the volume thing and the bulk thing don't really balance out. Maybe you have like a specific diet you're going for. It's your money. I don't really give a shit. It, like, whatever. The minute you are shopping for anybody else, whether it's a roommate situation or a relationship or a family, you're fucking up. You're doing a bad job. To me, Whole Foods is like you need one thing. You need yes. like one thing that fits this I, meal. I, yeah, I need this specific kind of shrimp that only Whole Foods sells. Yeah, yeah, like that's the way to treat it. Is like it's a, uh, like it's a, uh, you know, it's it's a it's it's your it's the plug is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's got the special shit you can't get anywhere else. But if you can get it literally anywhere else on Earth, and ninety nine percent of the shit you can, please do so. 
Like if if you're if you're going for the week's groceries, the month's groceries, go anywhere else. Go to Aldi. They'll pay you. They'll pay you to take it. It's true. It's fair. By the way, that's another one I want to get to. Go speak on it. At beer underscore nye. Kelly Murphy on Twitter. I thought Aldi was trash as a kid, and that's reason number five billion why kids are dumb. And (laughs) might be might be underestimating that five billion there. I'm feeling you. Aldi is awesome if you know what to get in there. True. Absolutely true. Basically the same Trader Joe's stuff, just with different labels. Aldi different broken moldy labels. But correct, correct. I will say this, the worst part about Aldi's going there. Feel pretty good when you leave though. It's a lot like the gym. You're gonna get dirty. You might even sweat. You might get staff. You might get staff. You're gonna be a little sore. (laughs) Yeah, you're gonna be a little sore. Also, they make you pay like a little, like a little sort of fee for little things, right? Forget your towel, it's a dollar. Forget your cart, it's a dollar. But when you get out of there, you're going to feel pretty good. You're going to realize this is why the German economy recovered so quickly. This sounds like this sounds like flying on a discount airline. It is the discount airline of grocery stores. Okay. Have you never been to one? No, I haven't. Um, they didn't come to Florida until I think I had already moved away, and they certainly are not. I mean. I've talked about New York grocery stores tonight. Oh, man. I do so again. The Manhattan Aldi. Can you imagine? What the hell? It'd be like, oh, this box of cereal is only $13. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say Aldi, deeply underrated grocery store. Now, mind you, it's not a pleasant experience. It's not H-E-B in Texas. All right? No, no. There's no sushi bar. You know, there's absolutely nothing like Wegmans. It's not, it's not a Publix where people are going to smile at you. It's... You need 30 pounds of food. You will pay $30 for them. That's it. Yeah, you'll feel pretty good about it's it. It's like you're playing Oregon Trail. That's what it is. Like you have five bullets. Can you turn that into 85 pounds of food? At Aldi, yes, you can. Yeah, it finally somebody eliminated everything that you did not need in a grocery store, right? It, basically, Aldi is the bomber flying in low, missing an engine. <laughs> to strip everything out, right? They were like, what, do you need employees? No. <laughs> you- Aldi is the end of Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> the bomb is getting there. <laughs> Bomb's getting there, son. You might not. They'd be like, do we need a navigator? I mean, let's be honest. We're not mean. We'll throw them out with a shoot. Yeah. H-E-B in Austin, by the way. Any Texas one? H-E-B's great. Super awesome. I haven't done Wegmans. I know Wegmans is like the cult grocery store. Of the Mid-Atlantic, I'm suspicious because most things in the Mid-Atlantic are just fraud. Well, according just, to, according to AP Dirty Bird, uh, the HEB in Austin does fresh tortillas, corn and flour. Which, mm-hmm. good lord! Yeah, yeah. Every, every like every aisle in HEB, it's like, huh, tortillas. It's like you're at, walking around a Texas Tech game or something. Just tortillas raining down. <laughs> no, on you. it's it, man. HEB is one of those places too that'll let you uh, walk around with a beer. Well, oh, and course. and and you know HEB's greatest accomplishment is not even food related. It's that they show the San Antonio Spurs to have personality. It's true. They did the only ad campaign where the Spurs were actually allowed to uh, show humor. Right, it's the only thing that made me actually recognize or like them as humans, because otherwise they're just a soulless killing machine, a robot. Also, um, do you know what? Do you know what HEB stands for? Hmm. Mm-mm. It's the initials of the son of the uh, woman who started the company. His name uh, was Howard Edward Butt. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, in other words, a place that advertises good beef, right, mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. the word "butt" in the title. Yeah. Man. H E Butt. Yeah. Uh, I have a take I'd like to share. Please. From Matthew Bunch, Matthew S. Bunch on Twitter. Public subs are overrated, but still pretty damn good. Publix lobster bisque is, was better than it has any right to be. Um, I can't speak on the lobster bisque. I don't recall it. But I will agree, public subs, overrated. The deli is Publix's single strongest selling point. Um, and you'll get like an $8 sandwich unless you're smart enough to go for the special, which is usually pretty good. That'll run you around 5 um, 
I think on the whole public subs, they have this like cult in the South, especially in Florida. Like any, anybody in the South who, who knows Publix, um, if, you, if, if you haven't been to a Florida Publix, you're not getting the full experience. Um, but I, I think on the whole, the subs are not quite what they're made out to be. I think part of it is like the novelty of like, oh, shit, you can get it. You can, you can eat while you shop or whatever. Um, like how in uh, what, what, what is the like in like in fucking Pennsylvania where it's like you can eat at the goddamn gas station. And yeah. they treat that like the greatest thing in the yeah. world. Like, okay, it's not. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, to me, Publix, Publix is great. The subs are good. They're good. Just we don't need to we – can, we can tone down about well, them just a little bit. The, the whole Florida's particular love affair and partially the South's love affair with Publix and the subs all comes down to consider the alternatives. Like if yes, you are yes. in the South – there is nowhere else where you can reliably go that is, A, as clean as a Publix grocery store, B, mm-hmm. as consistently stocked as a Publix grocery store, and C, will have something that you can eat that is fresh, reliable, consistent, and will not make you feel like absolute garbage. If you eat half a Publix sub, you can have a normal day. There is nothing else in the state of Florida where you can say, this is ubiquitous and everywhere, and I know I can get it, and it will be the same, and be, as Jason's saying, good, not amazing, but reliable, and not just like, it's, yeah, you could go to Checkers, you're not going to have a good three <laughs> hours after you go to Checkers. <laughs> yeah, to like, you know, we often get into the regional dispute, Wegmans versus Publix, Wegmans versus Publix. But listen, man, we grade this shit on a curve. And for us, it's not like Wegmans versus, you know, whatever else you got your, your fucking gas stations with food in them. It's Publix versus goddamn Ingles and Piggly Wiggly and Kroger. Yeah. Like that is the shit we grew up, the mm. shit we grew up are on. You, are and you now we have saying- Publix. Are, are you saying that in a comparison of regional powers, there is one very large dominant force sur- that looks a lot better than it might be <laughs> surrounded yeah. by mediocrities? Hmm, that doesn't sound like SEC I'd football say, at yeah. all. No, no, sorry, no. 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 There's, there's one super efficient machine that is a little more expensive than it should be, and it's completely mm-hmm. hilariously better than everyone else. Right. That defines the and, South. And, and, and it's largely because everyone else can't get their shit together. There are good Winn-Dixies. There are also terrible ones. Yeah, quite a few, yeah. So like if, if if there's a grocery store that you walk in and okay there's a case of frozen peas that's been sitting on the floor for oh like hours or days who could say uh, it's not a Publix there is a Kroger seen it in a Kroger seen it in a Wendy's seen I mean <laughs> Win Dixie um, you know seen a in Cap and an Ingles that just fell over when did it fall over today I don't know maybe. You know, if you will not walk into a Publix and see a total fucking disaster, except for the time in the wine aisle when I saw a lady poop on the floor and leave uh, during business hours. And I really don't know who cleaned it up because I was like, skirt, spun on my heels. Couldn't tell you. Um, Also, the time a dude came in there and was shoplifting and tried to pay off my boss in Playboy magazines that he was wheeling around in a briefcase. But listen, other than that, other than that, you will not see super country shit in the Publix. I'm pretty sure what you've just described are, in order, the Mike Shula era, that's the floor pooping, and the Mike Price era. Exactly. <laughs> listen, even Bama has their embarrassing <laughs> moments. I, so does Publix. But it's not, it's not like, you know, it, it's not like UAB. That's like the Ingalls. Uh, pivoting to uh, Shrug Life at O-H-H-E-R-R-O on Twitter. A petition to rename Arkansas Stadium to Razorback Stadium at Piggly Wiggly Field. Passed. Yes, Bold. approved. Done. Aye. Somebody in our comments also mocked up um, a new logo with the Razorback body but the Piggly Wiggly head. You know what? It doesn't look half bad. It really Done. doesn't. That's fine. Piggly Wiggly, by the way, because they're so small, generally very responsive to your needs. They are. Like, we lived in North Carolina for a couple of months once, went to the Piggly Wiggly regularly. If you buy something twice, the manager on the third time begins stocking it. I am I am, I am willing to believe that Brett Bielema uses the term Piggly Wiggly to describe eating prime rib and then having sex. <laughs> in other words, I just picture him holding ending, up his hands like Homer Simpson y. as he says it. <laughs> Ooh, the little Piggly Wiggly. Ooh, ooh, we're invited to a wedding. Guess we'll be having some Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, you will. Yeah. 
I would also like to address the comments of at Maddie Wren, a.k.a. The Outlander, on Twitter. I have never not felt embarrassed inside of a food lion. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the brain. Well, here's I will I will say this. I appreciate that food lion. You're both familiar with the food lion um, logo, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, sort it looks of, like it looks like a coat of arms where everything but the lion fell off. Right. It's yes. It looks like a like a British royals sheet. It would be on a British shield or something in the midi, in the in the Middle Ages, and I appreciate that because I think they're unintentionally signaling like, hey, this is the quality you're like. We are stuck in this particular portion of time where sanitary laws and even the kinds of food you could get. Yeah, man, there's flies on this meat. You know where, what? You're going to eat it anyway. This is food lion and life is short. Yeah. Like the difference here, by the way, it's fine. If you don't have money, a lot of people who don't have money, don't make me feel like I don't have money. That's don't make me feel like that. Right? Like when Dixie does this the right way, I always maintain when Dixie quality stuff, particularly their meats, rest of it's fine just don't make me feel i think when dixie briefly was known as the meat people right well no they were that was their thing yeah. and they really do they're they're pretty good um the the problem is food lion they sort of like rub your face in it like it was started by a guy with money who was like yeah take that poor people you're do you can't spend as much on food let's feel bad about it like their chips taste pre-stale i remember that like we had a food line open up next to us and I lived a place where if anything opened up, you were pretty excited, right? Like, ooh, we got an Arby's. And, and a food line opened up, so we tried it. And everything tastes a little pre-stale. And then two weeks later, 2020 did a thing on food line bleaching their meat. And, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's why That's why I've, I've never not felt embarrassed inside of a well, food like, line either. Well, I, the best part about that story is not that food line got caught by ABC, for bleaching their meat, but that they sued them for trespassing. (laughs) (laughs) The leaks. And for for revealing internal company information. But Food Lion's emails! (laughs) To me, it's not about, like, we don't want to sound like we're elitists and, like, you got to shop at expensive grocery stores. That is not it by any chance. I think think we proved that with the Whole Foods discussion. And the the Aldi discussion, yes. (laughs) Like, if we have not established by now that we are not impressed by you having really nice stuff, I don't know when we will express that opinion. To me, it's it boils down to, does this grocery store deliver on everything it could be? Is it maximizing its resources? Does it, is it aware of its role? That's why I big up Aldi. Aldi knows that it is here to fulfill a specific role and it does it perfectly. Like, I mean, and to me as like a former grocery store, <laughs> former grocery store manager, when I walk in and see some shit just dilapidated and nobody gives a shit, like that's what really bothers well, me. Like, and, if, if you're like, we don't have shit, but we did the best. Okay, and, good. And here's the, here's, here's my problem with the bleaching incident at Food Lion. The hypocrisy, because they decide they're going to bleach expired pork to make it look like it's still fresh. And if you're Food Lion, Spencer, you're going to use a off-brand, maybe store-brand bleach, right? Because that's your thing. No, they went with Clorox. Like, stay true to yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, use the Food Lion bleach, yeah. man. Yeah, that's that's. You that, believe in your products? Oh, right. It'd be worse. It'd be worse if they were putting Kroger bleach. <laughs> Kroger bleach. No. Ugh. No. Ugh. You ever had some meat with Kroger bleach on it? Jesus. Oh, man. I would. Uh, I got one more take. It's from Andrew Parker at AM Parker 1986 on Twitter. People watching is best at beach grocery stores. Don't know why, but so much better there than anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My favorite, all the Publix is in these little pocket communities in the panhandle. The really nice ones. They have like big wall installations of champagne. It's the first thing you see when you walk in. Well, you know, you know, you know why people watching is better at a beach grocery store, right? Uh, large dudes in fishing shirts. A, but it's it's mm-hmm. combine that with the fact that this large dude in a fishing shirt is probably buying groceries for I'll conservatively say a median fifteen people, and it's not just <laughs> yeah. like this is my family and I know what they want, but he has to figure out like shit. I have to cook enough food for all of these people and their different tastes and preferences. How many chips do I need for 15 people? Probably eight bags. It's that you get to see somebody buying $800 worth of groceries and not really know what they're doing in the process. While being slightly drunk, 
slightly sunburned, <laughs> dazed, uh, having to cram it all in a boat. Smelling how many how many pallets of Doritos can we fit on this thing? Smelling like sweaty suntan lotion. Yeah, no, that's a, this is where you get to see somebody say, "All right, we're here for four days, and there's twelve of us, so I think we need six eggs and eight boxes of Oreos." That seems right. Yeah, and you don't want, I mean, shit, man. If you're in charge of the food for, like, a boat vacation, so you're already feeling like, uh-oh, I don't have the biggest boat here. I really got to compensate really by balling out at the Publix. Step it like, up. Damn, you're, you're laying down $3,000 on these groceries. I will take three party balls, please. Thank you. I will also state that it went on vacation at the beach, especially if you have kids, you're strained. Yeah. Right? You don't have the resources or the energy you might normally have in your routine to fight off the urge to, I don't know, buy a gigantic sack of Danish wedding cookies or sure. You know what? I'm going to die one day. I'll get the filet. I'll get five filets. I'll just, I'll just pile them up. Well, here's every, everyone shopping at a beach Publix after day two is basically someone who's been given a terminal cancer sentence, right? Like, yeah, sure. Get it. And, and and it's, it's, it's also terminal in the sense that, So if you're shopping for groceries at home and you're like, we need mustard, you just buy a thing of mustard. You don't do the calculus of like, you know, but at the beach, you have to do that because you have to figure out, A, does the rental house already have it? I forgot to look. Okay, well, I know I have to buy more mustard than we will possibly use on this long weekend. And how comfortable, like, you see people grappling with the fact that they're going to buy things they know they can't use. I think in that case, you go with a sarcastic overbuy. You show up with, <laughs> like, the two-gallon the two thing of mustard. With the like, pump, here, with, with, we needed mustard. With, the pump, with, like the, with, like, the soap dispenser pump on the top of it. Yeah, you got the, the, the one aisle at Walmart. See, I said Walmart. No elitist here. I've been through Walmart. The, the one aisle here that's nothing but bulk goods. Like, like can, I get a, can I get a pallet jack to carry out this thing of mustard? Can I get the can I get the mixed bag of chips? Yeah, I know. I know nobody's going to eat the plain lays, but these kids love t- Doritos and I don't want to buy a whole bag cuz they'll eat them too fast. I need do them either, to go individual. Do either of you have a capper? Want to take us out on? Hmm, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh oh yeah, I got I got I got one. Um Buying spices. This is from Robert Baker, Kerba1123 on Twitter. Buying spices anywhere but the ethnic food aisle is stupid, expensive, and wasteful. Couldn't possibly agree more. Never trust anything spicy made by a white person unless they're from Louisiana. Uh, 